2: In the Bible, the Greek word that they use for heart and the Greek word that they use for soul is interchangeable. It's talking about the center of your being. And it takes context to know which is truth, which is the heart and which is the soul. I'll give you a little clue. If it's talking about your standing relationship with the Lord that is unchangeable, that is never diminished, that is never influenced, it's talking about your new creation heart. If it's talking about fluctuation, if it's talking about a change, it's more than likely talking about your soul. When we say, be still... And it references the heart. Understand that whether the author intended it or not, he's speaking about the soul. Because the heart is always in union with the Spirit of God. And there, there is peace. There, there is a stillness. We are always at rest with him. It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's when the soul looks away. It's when the soul is focused on circumstance and events and maybe physical condition or people around us that we become troubled, but we're not troubled of heart, we're troubled of soul. Why is it important for us to understand that? Because in that time, the enemy might convince you that your relationship with God has somehow been affected, it's somehow changed, but I can tell you that it has not. What has changed is your focus. That's all that's changed. What you've put your mind on, what you have reckoned to be your reality, that's where the anxiousness, the worry, the fear comes from. You know, sin is only possible when it is in the flesh. In the spirit, sin is not possible because in the spirit, we have a spirit that's in union with his spirit, right? So in the flesh, you worry. That's why Jesus could say, don't worry. That worry is a sin. Be anxious for nothing. And what? Sin not, right? The reason worry is a sin is because you have moved your identity from heart to soul. And you're allowing the enemy to dictate your reality. That's why you're fearful. That's why you're anxious. That's why there's no rest. That's why you're troubled. When you come before the Lord, recognize the truth of your heart before you ever recognize the condition of your soul. And you'll find that faith is more readily applied because you can see the truth of who you are. Well, this Thursday is our day to celebrate Thanksgiving as a nation. And for the child of God, it's one of many days of every day of our life that should be a day of worship. Nowadays, you hear people talk about how blessed they are. You've heard me say this many times there. And when you hear that, what they're saying is they are grateful for the material things, for the absence of trouble in their physical lives. The truth of thanksgiving for the child of God has nothing to do with what we possess. It has everything to do with who possesses us. I see that for many Christians, the truth of thanksgiving has become temporal and worldly. And you've heard me say this a couple of times, but in our country, Halloween's a bigger holiday or bigger celebration than thanksgiving is. The world gives thanks for the things of the world. Christians give thanks to our God who is the giver of every good and perfect gift, beginning with Jesus. So we should be able to give thanks in all things. Thanksgiving is a testimony of praise. And in many ways, it's a covenant meal where we celebrate the faithfulness of our God. The focus is not to be the meal or even the holiday itself, but God, the God of our salvation. The psalmist invites us to draw near. For the Christian, that is just a matter of focus. We just said because we are near. In fact, we are in union with him. We are one in spirit with him. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So in the center of that union, what God calls us to is to embrace an atmosphere of thanksgiving and praise. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That's a present tense Be continually as present tense, that means there's not a point in time, there's not a period of time, there's not a thing that can happen or a thing that you might endure where you are not to give thanks, because the issue is who we're thinking, who we're looking to. This is a command for us as Christians. Paul is addressing believers who are new in the faith and are facing persecution. The young church in Thessalonica had little understanding of how to live as a Christian. Paul in chapter five of Thessalonians is giving them a foundational principle to living the Christian life. That is, the practice of thanksgiving should be ongoing. That is a foundational principle of living the Christian life. Many people will say, well, my Christian life has no victory. I don't feel like I have any faith. I don't feel like I I have any passion for it. And that is because they spend more time giving credibility to the lies of the accuser than they do rehearsing the truth that they know is truth. Not that they feel is truth. Not that their circumstance warrants is truth. Not as their situation edifies truth, but the truth is written in them. The truth of who God is. The truth that speaks against the minutes. The truth of your life with him. Give thanks to your God, for he is the truth of your life. The uh, Thessalonians, as I mentioned, were very new in the faith. The little church, little fellowship was young. And they hadn't had a lot of experience. They don't have all the books and the tapes and the radio programs and everything we have. And they might have asked Paul through Timothy, how can we have joy in the face of hate and persecution? How can we have hope in the midst of suffering? And Paul would be the one to ask because of all that he had suffered, right? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, Paul speaks to his circumstances, and you've heard me read this before, but remember, notice that after the word, but, comes the truth, the place of thanksgiving. Paul writes, we are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but... Not driven to despair. You know, for a lot of Christians, it's a pretty short drive. Do you notice that? We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. Do you know we're never alone? We are never alone. And I'm not just talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the host of heaven. I'm talking about believers in the body of Christ. You are never alone. We are struck down to the ground. But we are never struck out and destroyed. We've said this many times. You, as who you are, can never, ever be destroyed. Do you believe Christ can be destroyed? Neither can you. Because you are in Christ. And Christ is in you. Paul affirms the truth after acknowledging their condition. He sees what he endures as a testimony to the grace and mercy of God and hopes all may see the God who holds him up, who sustains him and give thanks. You see, Paul, his focus was on the God that keeps him, not upon the things and people of this world that were coming against him. So he says, that everything comes against me, but it comes against me in order that he be revealed, in order that he be seen for who he is, because this physical frame of mind, what Paul would say, should have long been destroyed. But it stands, undiminished. Why? Because his flesh is stronger than your flesh? Is it because a exercise routine or his diet no understand this Christian you're not sustained by anything of this world you're sustained by God 2nd Corinthians 4:15. Paul makes this statement for all these things are taking place for your sake so that the more grace, divine favor and spiritual blessing, it extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more what thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. You see, the more the suffering that he endured, the more that God was revealed in it, his strength was revealed in it, his faithfulness was revealed in it, his sustenance was revealed in it, his glory was revealed in it, and it was all to the glory of God. And every person that knew Paul knew this, and every person that bears testimony of Paul knows this, and now you know this multiplied over and over again. Look again at the beginning of the verse, and you will see in that verse, Romans 8, 28, the all things of Paul's life. And Paul counted on, Paul reckoned upon, Paul knew that all things were working together for good. This was not something that he just quoted at the Spirit's unction. This was the truth of his life. You also see Ephesians 2.10, again, Paul's writing, and he's saying, this is true of me, it is true of you if you are a child of God. We are walking in the path that God has made for us. And do you think God makes a better path than you do? Absolutely. The reason there is so much complaining and self-centeredness in the Christian community is because we don't see God's grace and spiritual blessing in our circumstances. Now listen, many of you have heard me say this. There are only two ways to be. You're either Christ-centered or self-centered. And your words reveal the condition of your soul. After naming the difficulty, Paul points to God's grace and mercy. When we see man before we see God in the things that are taking place, we don't give thanks. We give room to resentment and to bitterness in our souls. Paul says in First Thessalonians 5.18, that giving thanks is the will of God for you. In other words, thanksgiving is a necessary practice for the Christian. Do you ever think of that? That's not a suggestion, it's actually a command that, that is repeated several times. Why? Because, listen, you are not so strong in faith that you can go through life without giving utterance, without giving testimony of experience, without speaking the truth over your soul. Do you think God is, is declaring that he really needs your thanks? No, he needs, you need You need to tell him how thankful you are. You need to recognize your source. Thanksgiving is not our gift to God. It is God's gift to us. Thanksgiving brings the truth to the forefront. It is important in an effort to avoid entering into deception, into sin, into the lies of the enemy. Because we can avoid. Sin through thanksgiving. The practice of thanksgiving forces us to look to him in all things. To view life from the perspective of God's sovereignty and his love. To set aside personal judgments and to embrace the will of God with thanksgiving. To embrace the glorious privilege of recognizing your God as the source of whatever is true Whatever is honorable and worthy of respect. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure and wholesome. Whatever is lovely and brings peace. Whatever is admirable and of good repute in your life. He is the source of that. That's Philippians 4, eight. He is the source of that. He is the wellspring of that. And if you do not see those things, it's not because you don't have them. Because you have Christ. You have them all. But if you don't see them, it's because you don't recognize the source. If you begin to thank God for the things that he has given you through his life, through his son, through the work of Christ in you, then you will spend less time focusing on the things that you believed your flesh should enjoy. And your life will take a whole new direction. If everything that you give thanks for is rested in him, what can this world take from you? Thanksgiving is also an act of submission to the will of God. Recognizing that your life is in his hands and you are living in his plan and for his purposes. Often we complain about our circumstances. We've all done it. But it's a statement of unbelief. I'm not saying that we like or enjoy all that God allows in our life, but we are to give thanks in all things. Not necessarily for things, for those things, but for him in those things. We do that as a declaration of faith, that we trust our God's will for us and his love for us. The godless man and the carnal can only see themselves in the circumstance. Romans one twenty one, Paul speaks about the condition of the lost man and he says because when they knew and recognized him as God they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks but instead they became futile and godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculation, and their senseless minds were darkened. In speaking of the loss, Paul points out that they did not give God thanks, that, and that is sin, and it's indicative of their condition. If they had acknowledged God in truth, then their response would be thanksgiving, but because of pride, there is no thanksgiving. It does not say that the lost weren't grateful for the things they enjoyed. It says that they refused to acknowledge God or give him thanks. As a result, they lost their ability to see anything but themselves, which is godless and senseless and futile thinking. Now, that's a condition... Of someone who refuses to recognize God. Do you know when you are despairing you're refusing to recognize God? Do you know that when you allow yourself to be overcome by fear you're refusing to recognize God? Oh I'm not saying you don't pray to God. But you're looking at the wrong God. You're looking at an image of God that is not true to him. The truth of God is that he is literally in love holding you. That there is no separation, that judgment is done, that punishment is done, that there is no reason to fear, that you are literally before the throne. If your heart is fearful, if you are anxious, if you are worried, who are you looking at? If you're praying to a God to somehow come and rescue you, you're not praying to the God who has healed you, who has delivered you from captivity, who has literally put all your enemies under his feet, who has cleared every obstacle to your knowing and growing in truth. You're not praying to that God. pray to the God who has healed you, who has saved you from your enemies who has made an eternal plan for you who literally holds you by the word of his power as he holds the universe pray to that god and what should our prayer consist of plaintive pleas for rescue or thanksgiving in it is a spiritual enigma who names Christ as savior and hope but denies him in their living to become comfortable with a soul that embraces the negative envy bitterness and resentment is to become comfortable with a cancer in your humanity second peter chapter 1 verse 4 says for by these He has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You have a divine nature. Do you think that nature is selfish, unforgiving, self-centered, negative? No. It is your nature to live life in humble praise and thanksgiving that's who you are that's not you being disingenuous it's you being real try it believe it express it it's real it's natural it suits you it's who you are when you are insensitive to god your capacity to enjoy what you have becomes very limited you miss the purpose and presence of our lord in everything you experience for all things have their purpose in him. If Christ is your life, then Christ should be the primary purpose for what you do. If you lose him as the purpose for what you do, you lose the joy in what you do and the worship that is in what you do. Your blessing becomes cursing. Thanksgiving unto God restores our focus on him as the purpose for all things. Thanksgiving is, or giving thanks is recognizing God as God. All that God counts as good and of eternal worth we have because of the gift of his son. When we withhold thanks, it's out of pride and arrogance, refusing to look upon his goodness and reckon upon his great love. Thanksgiving is light And life to your soul. To refuse to make it your practice is to fill your soul with bitterness and selfishness. It is the selfish that refuse to be thankful. You become man centered and lose sight of God when you refuse to give thanks. It's because you have made your desires or your needs your focus. That is an invitation to fear and anxiety and worry. Philippians. 4, 6, and 7. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul Assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot, of whatever sort, that is that peace which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that passes all understanding settles your soul. It settles your soul. It is the peace that is yours. He says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance. That's, that's everything. Look at it. Instead, uh, instead, in everything, instead of worry and anxiety about where we are, we, we enter into prayer and thanksgiving. It is through prayer and thanksgiving we know soul peace. We transcend our circumstances. In nearly every account we have of martyrdom, or that we have a knowledge of, the child of God entered into prayer and thanksgiving. As if, as they were suffering unto death, they started praising God. They entered into the truth. Now, that's not just a supernatural exit. It is the the determination to live a supernatural life. It's not just how we die. It's supposed to be how we live. 2 Corinthians 4.15 For all these things are for your sake so that as God's remarkable undeserved grace reaches to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of our great God. Thanksgiving is commanded by God to be a habitual attitude.
1: Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.